just relaxing. Yeah, just chill out. Very, oh. very not high at all, just before you ask. No, I wasn't gonna ask. I don't think you were. You don't look <laughs> No, what do I look like? I mean I look I've seen myself, I've kind of avoided looking at myself and I it, it Okay, I'll be honest funny. with you. Yeah, don't no, don't be honest with me. <laughs> I'm getting sort of Yeti Bigfoot vibes who's like, I don't know, bit of a dreadlock vibe to you as well. It really is quite the beards. It's knotted. Knotted. Oh yeah, it is. How can you see them? Yeah. You know why that is? Because I play with it around my finger. Yeah. It's a manly thing, a beard. I I think you're going to be singing sort of Bob Marley tomorrow. No. (laughs) In Preston Park. Don't no, don't agree with that sort of music. No, I've got... <laughs> no. how are you anyway? I didn't have a beard like this. This is more. Who had a beard? I, I like it when Liam or Noel grows a beard. They're very, they're very thick. Yeah, I it's not like beard. Liam or Noel. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I think I've got the singing. Um, um, did, how I are you? I, uh, I did. Yeah. yeah well, relatively once. fine. Yeah, just well. When was the last time I was on air? Well, you. I don't know. I've had two months. You have a COVID, mate. Which are you, how much, uh, Morgan? <laughs> I was going to no. say, how long have you had COVID for? For probably nine weeks, ten weeks. But they said 12 yeah. weeks is what they expect to see in the rare cases that it goes. My uncle had it quite bad, but for a week. It's not, you know, I didn't die, but... Sort of, I can see that. Yeah, it might as well have done. <laughs> no, it's all right. You just get used to it. I'm, yeah. I'm okay with self-isolating. As you know, yeah, that you're part. very. You've been practicing it for years. Oh yeah, no, but it's kind of yeah. Don't want to complain too much. I mean, let's let me turn that question back on to you. How, how are you? Um, but, but just listeners, remember how bad I was. So you know, <laughs> that's don't misattribute. Sympathy. I love the fact we've done this before as well in another episode. Where we're both trying to outdo each oh, other. Who's who's more? Well, out? I repeat myself. Yeah, but this is real. This is yeah. What this what, what would we have had in that episode? Just a cold and a. Well, I've got some better small party. talk plans instead of that, but we can move on to that. Oh, no, minute. I wasn't. I'll was just you know for that. But um, no. So anyway, no. To explain that, uh, everyone, yes. welcome to the D Trout Spinners. By the way, I'm Mars Pennell. This is Gary Forrest. Hello, astride me. <laughs> I've had um to bring it down. I've had uh, the cancer. Oh. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I uh, had, yeah, it seems a weird thing to say out loud. And, yeah. uh, but yes, I had a routine, oh, not a routine operation. I felt something as all men should go and have their, their parts checked by yeah. both themselves and then the medical professional. Um, I had a few subsequent tests and turns out I had, um, testicular cancer. Yeah. So had to have, um, one of them removed. Um, yeah. It's been like, we we both. That, this kind of explains our our absence. Um, so we weren't on holiday. <laughs> I can tell you that we weren't on holiday. Um, so it's been a bit of a long sort of stressful you away. couple of months. It wasn't, you would you know you had that huge stress even at those times. Yeah. So yeah. we've we've both been having various tests, Gary, for his reasons, me for this yeah. reason, and well, um, now I, I think I haven't gone that far. Like it's likely to be. Can- you yeah. Know, COVID don't t- generally. COVID, they don't chop off one of your testicles. Anyway, two. Maybe our new comedy act should be like the three balls or something like that. It reminds me of like um, Mitchell and Webb, the the two duos. What are they called? But Chip Um, and Pin. Oh, Chip and Pin and Efficient. What can we be? Bollock and, you know. (laughs) Not from Bollock. Um, no, anyway, like, so Ricky, guys, Ricky does do that campaign for a reason. I know he, you know, he does it for a lot as well. Probably, do you feel that helped you, or would you have checked anyway? I think. I mean, I've got health it. anxiety anyway, so I was quite yeah. checking myself pretty much every single time. I'm checking myself now. They say not every day because you can't the change. You can't. Of course feel, not. No. Weekly, you can. But it was weird <laughs> because the episode we've just come from after our absence we were discussing this Will so we? um let's let's move on to lighter <laughs> subject matter we... so Gary, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm rocking keep that bit yeah in stop rocking bed. your chair in he's in bed right now ladies and gentlemen because he has yeah. to be it's like a well, little OIP. Have... you know i don't know i feel like you have a loud out you know I feel like you've got a sort of Homer Simpson groove in your bed, like, and you've got a little towelette next to you to mop your 
It was one of the, yeah, I've got this bloody hell sweat. I can't say that. Like, I don't want sympathy after your thing. No, is, it's all right. Uh, they're both both different stories. They're both. Um, we don't we don't have to give a donation for that, do we? Which um, we would like send you to swim with dolphins or something. I don't like our thought of you know. No, sorry, it's too much. <laughs> so, no. five... what the hell are we doing, Mars? What? What are we doing? Need... We're, no, we're no, gonna... no, no, no. Okay. We, we need to get back the dynamic that's so yeah. famous for. They've been waiting for this. Anyway, I've got five little things. What do you want to hear about? I've got five what? topics to, to lead us into the chat. I've got Polish wedding. I've got Rolling Stones. I've got new 20 minutes of XFM content. I've got Bruce Springsteen tickets and I've got pickles. Which one would you like me to tell you more about? He's planned that because I know, I know we'd have gone through that in his head. Which um, one would you want me to talk about? Quite well, like it was almost like a you're like a newsreader. I guess the Polish wedding you mentioned off air, the Polish it was very wedding, good. Was a bit odd because I didn't get where you were staying. Like, who owns it? Was it? So we went to a place called my girlfriend's Polish, and we went to this place called Chesterhofer. Is it like a village, like an un? Yeah, sort of like a little village type thing. Well, because it's got a small town, it's so quite 5G, religious. Yeah, five yeah, G. Religious Catholic, I assume. Catholic. Yep, yeah. Yeah. And um, so it was in a church, the wedding. And then we went down and it was in the village. There was like a big sort of um, wooden hall. Oh, Polish weddings are really fun. They are the superior weddings. There's like live music from about 2 p.m. to 6 a.m. Non-stop. Oh, and there's like, yeah, honestly, man, it's, it's, it's mental. Like, is it Polish folk music? That it's, of... No, it's not. It's not folk no, 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 music no, no. on little banjos and ukuleles. It's like proper, <laughs> like live, fun music. And yeah, then you dance. Flutes. There was no flutists. And then um, you're served food throughout the night. And like food just coming out nonstop. And it's quite good. You know, British people just have like a, or maybe a free course meal, maybe a buffet. Or what, like a wedding or just in general? Like yeah, like deck. a wedding party. So you can That's kind of, you can sort of, they, they kept drinking shots, like a vodka. There's a vodka on every single table that keeps getting replenished throughout the night. So you're sort of drinking that. Everything was free, Gary. Well, yeah. All the food, all the booze. I can't it was like the wedding where they make, they're like, there's a free bar for an hour and then you've got a pay, yeah which is i thought of... that was just a myth but that is like a proper oh, british thing fucking you having a pit i had to travel with i had one where they served fishing chips at midnight was it. it just a chip shop no there was a meal and then there was no no it wasn't just a chip shop it's like but for some reason it was like fish and chips and she said oh yeah yeah we that's a lot of people do that yeah so, well i imagine yeah. fish and chips is quite nice i'd eat that at midnight gladly yeah once I tasted your sausage that you had with it, it's both. You always had both. We're back to, we're back to the Google, shall we? Yeah. Well, I've seen, seen more than I usually well, do. Let's not talk about that. No, hey. but that, it's lovely. That sausage, really yeah, good. It's good, isn't it? Like a they have potatoes, I assume, potato based in Poland. Kielbasa. Yeah, nice. Could you but, um... invite or. <laughs> My plus one was already taken, sadly. Um, and I don't think we're in time. any shape to go. It was amazing. It was just such the best time. You and, needed um, it as well, didn't you? Because you were I think so, worried. yeah. It was good timing. How long and, were you um, Yeah, I was there for a week. And we haven't spoke with it. We haven't like even just sort of spoke on Skype or seen each other for... I know. We would have done. It's going to be a short show. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, well, um, haven't you got like, well, what's pickles? Then? Okay, so I've, <laughs> I've been obsessed by pickles recently. I don't know whether it's because when you get older. You've got you, older, ta- what, a week older than you were the No, but you know your taste profile changes, doesn't yeah, it, as yeah. you get older. And you crave different things. And you're like, suddenly, yeah. I'm just craving, like, I just want to, like, sort of pickled goods recently. Anything in vinegar, I'll eat it. <laughs> You're listening to Women's Hour. Yeah, I'd love to do um, Women's Hour. Yeah, no, I, I'm just trying to think if there's something I'm quite quickly like that. Sort of onions, pickled onions. I like bitter, like bitter, bitter drinks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I That's never, the kind of thing like, I'm talking about. Yeah, as a kid, I remember like... like bitter lemons. I just pour sugar into my tea. You know, weren't allowed. It's ridiculous. You know, but now I'd, I'd hate it. Yeah, I like bitter. And it suits I'm, your personality, yeah. Broccoli, cauliflower... I don't no, have we're just, You're just naming those. vegetables. No, just things I like. Dominoes. Yeah. No. <laughs> so what um, pickles? Pickles can be anything. You could have pickled. Literally. So pickle, I mean, like gherkins. Oh, I love gherkins. Really? I love, I used to love, in fact, I've gone the other way. 
They, I used to eat them all the time. I used to get jars of them. And you don't anymore? No. I wouldn't hate them. You can probably overdo it, I think. Donut, if I have a Big Mac meal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then I have them. I still don't. I don't dislike them. But, yeah. I, used to I would gladly them. take them from someone's burger now and say I'll have them in mine. Cheers. We'll do that. Yeah. Because some people actually. <laughs> you hate them then? Or do yeah, you I hate them. them. Yeah. Are you pregnant? <laughs> so my girlfriend said anyway so my last little anecdote is and it is related five. to the show well hang on hey? you gave me five right is this well, like I'm, I, because like, I, have oh, to, I, well, I have to tell you this one because sure. it does relate to the xfm shows and it is quite a nice little story so Matt and Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band are doing this oh. big old tour in 2023 and they come to London for a couple of uh, dates in Hyde Park and there was a right. big old fuss online right. because they is he sold it now next year is he oh, but is he going is he in America now he'll be right. starting in like America and then going to the UK but Big Street he hasn't done a tour for like I think something like six years maybe even longer than that and then yeah. it's always a big occasion because it's he's huge obviously yeah and there was a big old fuss on Ticketmaster because everyone they sold out really really quick and then mm. they were ridiculous ticket touts you know what they're like give you a number and you've that's like in the queue exactly it was they started like i don't know how they even do it to be honest it's it's got to be criminal anyway i couldn't get the tickets and i was really gutted because like i want to get my mum tickets because she's i kept banging on how good he is because i've seen him before so i put a little shout out on twitter and i just (laughs) i did like a little uh xfm because i was like fall on (laughs) you know like steve in series one where he's trying to get tickets and i was like uh yeah, you know, I'm really. I guess I, I try. I put the hours in. I really need tickets for Bruce Springsteen. If anyone can help make my dream come true, get in touch. Who are we? Now, yeah, exactly. So we are with our meagre 1,700 followers, whatever. Anyway, 20 minutes later, a very kind gentleman called Matt Smith. Right. Um, he got in touch with me, and he said, "I've got two spare." tickets that i'm willing to sell now what are the bloody chances of that did he sell it for face value or sold them he was very lovely very courteous gentleman i spoke to him on the phone sold me face value yeah so we we did a little deal didn't we we did a little deal i know more than getting the tickets that just make you feel like important i was amazing i would felt great anyway i'm not going he opened that equivalent he only had two to sell. Um, but anyway, so I promised him that I'd give his... Um, he owns a pub in lovely Devon, so I promised I'd give it a plug. It's called the Who'd Have Thought It In in Yelverton, Devon. Do check it out. I'll put a link in the description if you're a, a Devon shy. <laughs> I would avoid it. No, I'm um, joking. And that's lovely. Oh, that's really nice. It's a great story, What did isn't you it? say? Did you ask for tickets or did you, so, like, raise money? Like a ghost. No, no, no. I asked for tickets, so I'm willing to pay. Noticed, but I'm good like that. Yeah, I noticed you withdrew eight quid from a Patreon. I know it's so I small, had to, but, but yeah, did, because you, you owe me money. Oh, do I? I didn't know. Yes. Yeah. What, you four quid? For Zoom. Yeah, oh, you owe me some money for the Zoom yeah, thing. Yeah, you haven't told me. I'll tell you. Oh, I'll tell you now. Okay, well, you just tell me. You owe me about fucking 16 quid, actually. Do I? Do I now? I put it out. I put it out. It's all right. We're square. Well, square. It's all right, man. Eight quid. Eight quid. change the password. Anyway, goodness me, God, we've been waiting for ages. Hey, do you want to do some XFM in the community? No. <laughs> yes, I would actually. So but you can't. Um, in, in, we, we haven't been on air for about nine weeks. Is, is it? You can't. Well, maybe we'll do two of these. Yeah. Or is there? Is there? Hopefully, there is enough for two shows. Oh my God, Gary, we have got so much feedback it's been so lovely thank you to everyone who has emailed us thank you and yeah. also thank you so much because i did put a little shout on twitter saying um you know we've both been a bit under the weather mm. um so thank you so much for your support and your Bring kind me. words and we do we we read every single email and we respond we try to respond to every single one but your support you know during this difficult time because it has been difficult i'm not gonna yeah. lie it has been quite hard and i've really missed podcasting with yeah. you gary and yeah. I, I hope that you're you're better and we can get back to some something that yeah. resembles normality a little bit and yeah you know make sure that these are a bit more frequent yeah this is kind of like a tryout now but i feel yeah. okay but it's you know you'll get over a couple of weeks on would you kindly on Twitter says, Hey guys, wow, I've just discovered your XFM podcast. I have such fond memories of listening to the Gervais 
KP and Merch XFM broadcast back in 2002 whilst working Saturday afternoons in a trailer shop stockroom. That's Episode weird. one, here we go. I just because that's there's only one other who's listened at the time. No one else listened at the time. So he's saying he listened at in 2002 on the yeah. radio. It's amazing. I wonder if he was like obsessed with it then or got into it. I, I suppose know. you'd just listen casually, wouldn't you? Initially. But you wouldn't think of it as like a cult hit, you know, because... Not all the time, because... You, def- you have the whole body of it to listen to. Yeah, but that's yeah. when something becomes a cult hit, isn't it? Yeah. No, it only did because it was it came out on podcasts. Yeah. Some, imagine if no, uh, that person, whoever it was, only one, you know, recording, just didn't record or whoever it was, because no one really listened at the time, which is why I'm interested in Would You... What's his name? Would You... Would You Kindly. Well, they go on and they say, I remember when I first discovered the radio show, I popped on XFM one Saturday afternoon and heard a mank and thought it was Noel Gallagher. About eight seconds later, I was like, wait a minute, that's not Noel Gallagher. And from that moment, I was drawn in. I've been listening to the shows ever since. The shows always got um, me into one of my favourite bands, British Sea Power. The song they loved was called Carrier merch and it was a real bowie-esque vibe and they really did play good music i i've looked into british sheep power and i just listened to a couple of songs i didn't really quite a lot of synths but the best thing i like when i've read i looked at oh my corazon and it's crap like it's such a crap song ricky loves it but in the comments below this one before we like messages on this he just said there's one comment smithers is a lump of shit just on <sighs> that video and then the, people have been commenting like just random quotes I was like, yeah that's brilliant well the one that always gets me i always feel so- sorry for shed seven anytime they they tweet <laughs> something and it's like you are joking i know how many times can you do that on twitter though because they announced it's, quite a lot turns of out, I, turns I out quite a lot <laughs> This is from Lorena. But thank you. Um, would you kind? What, would you it? kindly? What sort of name is that? It's like an internet name. It doesn't matter. Yeah, no, you can be whatever you want on Twitter, can't you? Lovely message. Thank you. you. Was that, people was that, off. Like... This one's from Lorena, uh, right. who has been in touch before. So she said, first of all, why? Hmm. Second, how come? And third, how dare you? Was not asked to be on your little show, but I'm just an American. We can be annoying. No, I'm kidding. What a great episode. Uh, not just because I agreed with what the ladies were saying, but because I'm so glad there are other women who listen to the RSK shows. Obviously, we haven't done any new episodes for quite a while. So this was um, the, the female listener episode yeah. that we special. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. But there, there, was a, there was like a difference of opinion, you know, I thought so. But I think we should do an American no, which uh, or an American <laughs> thing like say three Americans. That's actually quite a good idea. Yeah, because it's, it's like they kind of like women here. Not they're not kind of. It's not big. Well, it could just be any it's Americans, like, couldn't it? Yeah, or it could be foreign foreigners. Mad shit. Foreigners, <laughs> they're mad, be, aren't they? Yeah. They're the mad shit they get up to. Um, Saudi Arabian fella. It's like our first person, like the first sort of stats we had. Um, so Lorena goes on. She says, You can get into a bit of a mess when you start asking questions like, Why don't many women listen to RSK? Why do these women find yeah. the three little fellas funny? And like one of the ladies said, It's not right when they say we need more women in these roles or jobs just to meet a quota. I do hate yeah. when I see things like first woman astronaut or first woman of colour, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I think it's, you know, it's kind of sort of positive discrimination in some scenarios works. But that's kind of, that's a good American view that I would, not a wrong at all. It's just interesting, you know, that that's, like, I don't sort of, I hate the idea of because it's a woman, we should celebrate. For example, you know, over here, which we're going to have a woman, because a lot's happened politically. I don't want to get into that. No, don't, because we get a lot of criticism for that. Yeah, but it's kind of, it means something, you know, yeah. demographics. Um, but it's not, no, I wouldn't pick a woman uh, pick a woman over a man just because of their woman. But if you love a woman. It's equal, I, yeah, pick a woman. I don't mean Bloody for a partner, a woman. <laughs> but they're never, it's theoretical because they're never exactly the same. But. So she goes on, uh, you don't see like first man to actually, I can't think of anything, just hire a person who would be good job running the lighthouse men or yeah. women blind That's or not anyway really i think the people who like the shows are a special sort of bunch and i mean that in a good way men or women and everyone in between <laughs> gary was so engaged asking all the right questions just... i would have been the weirdo saying things like claire's episodes were good but she's not the producer of the show so she can't come up with the rubbish rockbusters like carl ricky and steve do show off uh, for her but it's only to compete with each other and ricky was gaga for camfield and steve wasn't trying oh, to impress true. him much 
yeah it was a bit but yeah ricky was so like because ricky's like he wants to be a muso apart from everything else like so yeah he was competing but steve yeah i guess he was more relaxed with Camfield, but they definitely try and press Claire, I'd say. Yeah. But yeah, it's not sure. like, you know, if you get a woman's episode, you can't say, well, how was the Claire episode for you? You know, because it's like <laughs> they, they have an interest beyond Claire. But yeah, I'd love to do American because we've got enough because that's like, that's a different, they just do things differently. They're blind. Well, it's because like British, the differences between British and comedy, British and American comedy are quite profound, aren't they? Yeah, but there's crossover. There is some quite absurd. Yeah, of course stuff. there is. Harry Hill's been on Letterman. But never took off at all. Like people don't like he's not big. But he's not that. Yeah, but big. that's a, I think that's why it would be quite an interesting show because exactly. um, yeah. Lorena is it Lorena? Yeah, and she goes on. She says another thing. Um, these last few episodes, Miles's voice sounded great. See what they did there. He's got a voice for radio. Gary's didn't come through as clear and no, sounded like I'm he was in a box. In, just well, I probably was in a car, in an Amazon box. <laughs> Maybe well, it was I've just got... my ears, but it was definitely off. See, I'm not a. This isn't even plugged in. I've got a microphone here that I'm not using, ladies and gentlemen. But I'm trying. To no, you can't tell at all. Scratch. I'm not a podcaster and don't know much about sound and buttons. Just like hearing both of your voices equally. Oh, let's I listen to Lorena's podcast when it comes out. <laughs> you're probably already sick of me. She signs off. I'm happy right. to hear you're both feeling better. Sincerely, a female listener. Oh, well, well, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That's yeah, definitely uh, American because their perspective is that crossover with comedy i think there's a lot of americans who actually love they're obsessed with british comedies yeah you kind of don't the cliche is like they like friends and mm. they're not it's more complex. i think xfm uh, listeners are more intelligent than that i don't think any of them like friends yeah friends is all right i watched Ugh, it, you know, just i hate friends. friends i hate that friends becomes like a personality trait it's like you know you've always said you can judge someone whether they like the office yeah. i i know a friends sort of person yeah i hate all of them <laughs> Yeah, we know. Oh, you went to the because I was at school. I must have been 15. 16. We used to we That's used to call them fun sponges. People who like friends and you know. That's on online. I've heard that term. Oh, really? Very different yeah. context. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, it's kind of like if you're brainless, kind of you just you just not you don't want to think. There's the early. Yeah, that's okay. But my friend okay. ben, Benjamin Higginson obsessed. I mean, yeah. so, oh, so obsessed. He was rubbish. Like the from about halfway on, it was just no no merit, but but it was got really high ratings, like Mrs. Brown's Boys gets here, but we'd never sell out. I think it's we better would. than Mrs. Brown's Boys. I'll give it that. At no, least. I don't know, but we we haven't watched Mrs. Brown's Boys. It might be great. <laughs> I tried. Not. I think I tried it once. Didn't he do a film? Yeah, <laughs> can't believe they all do. Him, it's... Keith Lemon, they all together. This next one is from Charlie B. Hi, gents. First off, just wanted to say thank you for your continued output with regards to the podcast. You have created a homely, relaxed environment very similar to the XFM shows themselves. I'm sure everyone will remember the XFM show where Carl is having some work done in his flat and ends up slagging the builder off on air. The builder apparently asked Carl that pub across the road, is it all right? I love, this is such a great email. I loved it. I've been dying to say this one. If the story does take place on Percy Street, then chances are the pub in question is called the Marquis of Granby. I used to work close to the pub and on my last day of work, me and a few friends went there for lunch. I can remember having a pretty decent uh, posh fish finger sandwich and a pint of cider for 12 quid. 12 quid. It's a wild bargain. So about 18 quid just for the drinks. (laughs) So for those still wondering, the pub across the pub isn't half bad if you fancy a a fish finger sandwich for lunch. (laughs) I like that. But is that where did he get Percy Street? Is that like just... she, well? She for a start, Gary. Where did she get Percy Street? <laughs> so I think it, I think Percy Street is mentioned in the show. I do. Oh, I yeah, do think I, so. I can't think of it. So I can't think of specifically where it was, but yeah. um, for sure. So yeah, I'll put a little. I did find out the pub. And maybe we should do a live podcast there, or we should go there for, you know, on our lunch. Sure, well, and also, we are doing a live show at the RSK convention in September in well, Manchester. Yeah. I think, uh, I don't know if there's still tickets available, but you can try it out. I'll put a link in the description. Because we're going to do some live nonsense, some interactive games and stupid stuff like that. We're going to interview a couple of special we've guests as well. I don't know if we should say, like a surprise. Wouldn't they say I think let's not, yeah, let's not say anything. Let's keep it secret. But they are exciting. Yeah. I know who they are. I'm not bothered. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> no, they are. Oh, wow. very, honestly, I, 
Well, we weren't. We, there was an office podcast. So there is an office podcast still going on. There's four of them. Well, they were going to be doing the evening or afternoon, but we've been put on double duty. So it's <laughs> you poor bastards. We've got like two out. We're gonna. There's quite a few interviews we're gonna do. I'm not gonna touch a drink all day. I think I'm not gonna last. You no. What you will trust me. Oh, yeah, I know I have you. To. <laughs> but what, anyway, we um, can't start at twelve. We need to start at like two or three. Yeah, to moderate it. Um, so the next uh, emailer is Luke Berryman. Luke Berryman's got quite a long email, but I really didn't want to cut any of it because it's so great. But yeah, he said, Hi, Miles and Gary. I love your show. I stumbled across the Dickie Anderson's interview late last year, and I've been working my way through the rest of the catalogue since then. Although I'm a serious XFM addict, I'm not a radio person generally, and I've never got into podcast. Probably the highest compliment I can give to you is that the D-Trout Spinners is the first and only one I've enjoyed uh, listening to besides XFM. So thank you so much, Luke. No, thank you. How did you he find it? If he's not like, like he's not into podcasts, how did he kind of? If you search like except podcasts or something, we must come up at some point. So it, is it where would it be like where the people of you know you get the XFM podcast and it will say yeah. people who like this also yeah. liked Detroit? Would it come? Oh, well, that's cool. I'd love that. It must yeah. have done for him. Well, because if thank you think you. it's just it's just all SEO, isn't it? SEO what? rankings, mate. Don't worry. Let's not get it's, into that. It's not <laughs> I'm from England, but I've been in the US since 2016. And I currently live in Chicago. Really? Oh, there you wow. go, Gary. I'd love to. America. I'd love to um, live in the US. I've been to one day. And um, I just want, yeah, does he say why? I'm interrupting yeah. what you would have said anyway, but I just oh, wondered. Well, wait, no, work, I might get into that. It? I began listening to XFM in late 2007. I've been listening to them continuously ever since. For nearly 15 years, they felt like a secret garden. There's something so yeah. comforting about them. No matter what's going on in my life, whether good or bad, they always restore my sense of balance. One of the nicest yeah. things is about Detroit Spinners has been the realisation there are other people who depend on them in the same way. Here's just a comparison, just for Gary. There we go. <laughs> you were like this. What? It's you. <laughs> Ricky Gervais is the Wayne Rooney of comedy. For despite his many achievements, his career is blanketed by the suspicion that he never really fulfilled the promise that he showed early on. The better you know XFM, the more likely you are, one, know Gervais's yeah. whole output, and two, dislike his later stuff. Hence, he's in the unique position of getting his biggest criticisms from his biggest fans. As a side note, yeah. I think it would be amazing if you analyse his really early work, not just the so-called XFM Series Zero, but things like The Comedy Lab, The 11 O'Clock Show, and Meet Ricky Gervais. We might do that one day. That's quite a good idea. Yeah, the earliest thing I think I've seen of them, Steve's in it, and they're in a cafe, and it's like they're pretending they're think, dot, cotton, and Paulie or someone. And it's so raw, you know, it's like you know, they wouldn't, it's not that well written. You'd never think, well, they'll go on to write Genius. Yeah the office or because they were all right like they were just it's so early and steve looks about 13 just really really tall but yeah that's the only oh there must have been comedy labs i guess and there's one where gervais is bowie like it, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah we could do we could do that when we've absolutely run out of stuff <laughs> i don't think that's ever gonna happen the best explanation for this weird state of affairs and for his career's trajectory is buried in the christmas eps a special of extras Trey Cooper, Andy Millman's new agent, asks Andy where he wants to be in five years' time. Andy says, sat in my Hollywood mansion watching my butler po polish my Oscar. If, as you guys yeah. said in a recent show, Brent is just a Gervais without self-awareness, then Millman is yeah. just Gervais without luck. Extras is an autobiography of a less fortunate version of himself. Millman scrambles yeah. on the edges of fame before landing his own TV show. But it's ruined by short-sighted TV execs, piss-poor agent, and for him, his friends accidentally upsetting important people. Mm. Its subtitle could be, There but for the grace of God go I. Incidentally, this autobiographical premise was lifted almost verbatim from the first season of Seinfeld. Okay, that's going back a bit, yeah. What, 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 in what way does he say? I think I know the for first me, uh, for me, it was kind of the, like they kind of did a they did a sitcom about a sitcom that. Well, they I were think doing, yeah, I think because it's got that whole meta narrative, um, you know, extras because it's it's basically you know what would have happened if it, if he weren't successful as, yeah. as Luke's saying. No, I it, think oh it's, my god, it so is. You know what? 
Yeah, no, but it's not. I don't, I don't know if it's not got luck. It's more he puts it down to luck and it, the character. Yeah. But is it is it luck? It's supposed to, you know, he's kind of misattributing stuff to luck. Maybe well, he's saying not. this. Well, well, Millman is just Gervais without luck, and you know, fair to say, Ricky, yes. as well as being very talented, there is with all of these like origin stories of you know famous people who rose through the ranks. There is a degree of luck, you know. It's, it's a perfect marriage of everything, but that is part yeah. of it for sure. Just wait for. So I think that's a fair thing. No, it's definitely got, love. Well, you yeah. got to leave the fucking flat first and start meeting the TV execs. No, I wouldn't stream everything. No, it's kind of back then, 2002, and he's probably TV worked out in about 1998. There wasn't the internet. There wasn't sort of the competition. There was the internet. At the same time, there were avenues. No, but it wasn't like there wasn't streaming. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. You wouldn't do this. Yeah, but like, still, yeah, but look at no, yeah, but not this. But like A-O-A. Adele. Yeah, but if you think like people like Adele. Lily Allen, they all got famous big off MySpace. You could, there was still no, a, a way to become. No, 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 yeah, but Adele wasn't born in 1990. I doubt it. Oh, she was close. Maybe she was born just... in about 1990. But it was, yeah, it was just, that's when he started. Though like, he got, but he he'd had the Shauna dancing. So I always wonder, did that get him TV work? Because it wasn't that good. It wasn't, like, I don't look at it and think, oh, that's brilliant you know i just i didn't really i watched it at the time i didn't mm. it was all right then the office came and it was like wow but he's like he did these reports on channel four and he was like well, a lot of his tax on the poor and the thick and he's just angry and it wasn't it was all right you know nothing special marked him out mm. which is why maybe it would be good to go back. i think steve kind of unlocked it in a way i think he deserves a lot more credit than people yeah. actually give him I think our fans anyway. give him credit, though, don't they? Steve, no, they, they do. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the, so, the later um, fans, no, they don't. Travis's new fans. Yeah, that's probably true. Uh, Luke goes on. He says, um, for me at least, when that special aired in 2007, Travis was saying, I've conquered TV and I'll conquer the big screen next. And to be fair, I believed he would. He was the brilliant yeah. infant uh, terrible of the noughties. Someone whose unparalleled performance in the office had made him the face of a generation. I'm completely mm. unforgiving about everything that he's done since 2010. The levels of shiteness do vary. Some moments are less shite than others, but ne- nevertheless, yeah. it is all shite. Uh, Life's Too Short and Derek, for example, would have never have made it anywhere near production were it not for the legacy of The Office. I do agree with that. Definitely. More extras me. I don't have yeah. I mean extras is right. Like the extras, I love the outtakes of extras. They're amazing. But extras yeah. was never, I don't, I'd never hold him to, he has to be, do the office each time. You know, that's impossible. But yeah, extras was like, it's quite, you like it. Don't you? Most people Well, like I remember it, when but... it first came out, everyone was hyping it saying, oh, it's going to be, you know, we're going to have all these famous people. They'll be themed around them. I genuinely remember like, you 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 had celebrity cameos in like sitcoms, but it was very like US based. Like uh, I remember, I, I was a big fan of Will and Grace, and not a week didn't go by where they had some sort of celeb in it. Maybe like Sex and City, those like HBO shows as well. So do, do they play themselves, or do yeah. they play other people? Yeah, they play themselves. They play themselves. So but, that that it's not like yeah. it was a new thing, but I do remember it being quite a new thing when it came to like British because they were such huge American. Hollywood stars, but had you, and that was quite. Had you yeah, watched of course. The Office by then? Yeah, of course. Yeah. No, because it's. I you know. I wouldn't. You know, because you would, it would have come out a bit younger, so a lot of people wouldn't have watched The Office, and then just no, but my, The point that I'm trying to make is that it was. It was still seen as quite. It's quite a new thing, but maybe the novelty kind of wore off for some. Like I think that was a big criticism for a lot of people. Was it just felt like a bit gimmicky? Yeah, they. they it's like it was like they pick a celebrity and they were fitting them into the narrative. Yeah, exactly. in the office they yeah. the narrative into the whoever, you know, they didn't have celebrity cameras. Into the but, story. Well, yeah. yeah, they kind of had the, you know, the Finding Leos. It's funny, you know. When that is so funny. That's the best. That's one of the best yeah. clips they've ever done. It's just a little bit, they're drunk, but not really <laughs> drunk. They're kind of, it's sweet on champagne, I think. I haven't spoken yeah. to him in a few yeah. years. I yeah, <laughs> but I, yeah, I didn't. I did. I it was it was okay. You know, extras, but it never got made if it wasn't the office. But he deserves those chances, even now. Like yeah, it's like Derek or Life's Too Short. Most of our fans would probably not really like it. Was I think like, the extras? Yeah, it was okay. You've said fans a couple of times. Just got to pick you off on that. Um, I wouldn't say. I'd say well, listeners. Don't I'll say fans. Leave it in, right? <laughs> I oh, know, but you hang on, you you totally do that more than me. I, I absolutely say, right, not. I'm, I'm humble. I missed the humble pie. What do you want me to call them? Fish listeners. 
little fish. Yeah, listen, as I assume, if you're listening, you might be a fan, but I won't say it. But yeah, you, like, you probably, yeah, a lot of them like extras, but and life's too short. That's that's yeah. generally well liked amongst people that I see online. I've but, never understood why were they so fascinated with Warwick Davis? That why what was his appeal? No, I think it was just Carl's fascination with generally. No, that Carl what, wasn't in it. No, but I'm saying that. Carl's in the show. No, I know, but why would why would you make that connection? Just because Carl likes little. I think, little I think dwarf it was because because they put him with Carl in the other series of uh, Life's Too Short, didn't they? They, they kind of wanted to see him, and then no, I've always thought it's too. just such Sorry. a shame that they they didn't do things that were just a bit more earnest and, and about them, as opposed to just latching on to. As much as I love the XFM shows, it did become a bit like you know the Carl Pilkington show, didn't it? And there's nothing no. wrong with that, but I I think. It's definitely a bone of contention when you're picking them up on his like TV work. I wish they'd done something that was a bit more. I think like Cemetery Junction could have been so much better than it actually ended up being. I, I saw Kermode's review and it was re- quite poor. So I didn't. Yeah, but it could it have been much better. That's what I'm saying. It had potential to be Did much you like better. It? You no, was I it hated it. Film? Boring. Was it a comedy? Because it's supposed to. Be they described film. it as like a sort of feel good, you know, coming of age sort of comedy type thing. Because by then, Gervais, I think, had done on his own the invention of lying. Which again yeah. was packed. I saw it's rubbish. But that's reviews. like I, the adventure line work. is basically like those old noughties and late nineties Jim Carrey films that were just all based on a simple premise like Yes Man or uh, you know uh, I can't even think of some another one like that. Jim it's just it's, legitimately funny on his own. Yeah, Jim, Jim Carrey's amazing, but I'm not comparing the Gervais, two. No, 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 totally good. I know I'm saying it's a good. You know, I don't so, think I, he's lead. Gervais isn't leading man material. By any stretch, he's trying to be. Trying to be, you're saying. Yeah, I think I. I know. I've read a story like he was really angry at a couple of extras that were quite old, and they just, you know, he thought they were just extras that were paid, and they'd actually won a competition to, to be extras on the show, and he really had to go at them in front of everyone. Really, but it was him that told that story. To be fair, so he was, you know, self-aware. But I can imagine that. I can imagine him being horrible to work for if he's, especially oh. over the years when he's less and less laughing and funny, and you know, the office seemed like with Tim. Those scenes like yeah. would legit, funny, but now I can see him being. To con- do you know what I mean? It's not. Yeah, I know. If he were Carl, it's it's not that he became the Carl show. It's more that Carl. They made it. They planned different bits for Carl. Carl. Carl works when it's just you know it comes out without planning, and they planned it. It's noticeable. We're on series four. It's it's mm. all right, you know. Which will be doing it's that. Noticeable hopefully uh, yes. next week or something um so i'm gonna go on with this this email because it's as i said it's, it's, uh, it's quite a lot yeah <laughs> i'm now around the same age device was when series t- zero was broadcast it's an age when many people start doing boring things like pay for a mortgage mark decade-long work anniversaries and pick primary schools for their kids fame must be surreal for everyone but i think it should be said more often than it must have been completely fucking mental for gervais to go from a string of failures shauna dancing meet ricky gervais etc and losing a decent job at a local radio station when xfm got bought out to can't leave the house famous within a few years all in his late 30s early 40s which is to say Ricky Gervais's uh, apparent laziness is actually fear. This is interesting. Fear of changing the only formula that's ever worked for him, saying offensive things that he doesn't really mean under the guise of irony. He shows no sign of the bravery required to challenge himself by moving away from that formula. He just repeats it endlessly. And the more he gets criticised, the more plainly he repeats it. Compare that to Steve playing the grinder killer or to Carl's appearance in The Thief, His Wife and The Canoe. There is a slight exception to that, and I don't. It's something like CSI Miami or something like he was did do a serious. Right, it was like the first thing he'd done on comedy, but it was just a one-off. I don't know. I'd, I've watched a clip of it. It was weird, so weird to see him do something serious. But but yeah, what about right, this Steve notion of fear? Push. Yeah, no, yeah, I think so. Yeah, changing. That's what Afterlife's about because he's kind of the same ideas, you know. Whereas, yeah, Steve, Steve show. What's it called? Steve, uh, the Outlaws. Yeah legit good idea you know and I, he's kind of got experience of it from his parents but like yeah i can't see ricky ricky afterlife is different setting but it's everything that ricky likes you know the the, the obvious kind of emotional 
reminds me of um it reminds me of who would have predicted those steve to do the outlaws like i'm just saying like it's like you'd never have predicted that well who would have predicted that ricky would have turned into this who he is now i don't think i could have predicted that i thought he was gonna he's so different but anyway my point is do you remember that joke in uh buzzcocks when uh simon amstel's the glory days of simon amstel even i like mark lamar as well but he says uh they're talking about Joe Wiley, how she's still kind of on Radio 1. And it's like that age where, you got, you know, you graduate from Radio 1 to Radio 2. And she's like, and, and Joe Wiley's there. And she's obsessed by new music. And she's like, I'm just going to listen to this new music. And he says, I think it's some sort of elixir to keep her young. And he goes, I'm just going to listen to new music. And I'm going to stay young forever. And then he just points to the camera and he goes, you, you're going to die, Wiley. You're going to die, Wiley. And that just, just makes me think die. of Gervais just going, oh, you know, you, you can't just keep doing the same thing. You're going to run out of ideas eventually. No, well, I think Gervais has always been Radio 4 and wanted to be Radio 4 and kind of wanted to be Radio 4 more than <laughs> yeah. he actually is. He, you know, he, that's I want to be Radio 4. He gets genuinely upset. Oh, well, I'm, I'm, if you're listening, Radio 4. <laughs> <laughs> that's radio three I don't know, that's oh, do anything. No, but gervais kind of he's he's not like where he's genuinely bitter or upset is if he feels like he's been challenged say on science or but even not challenged on art like carl's not even challenging it but because it's like yeah he i think he wants to project knowledge now more than comedy and he does know a lot but he doesn't know actually enough to know to to, to Excel to sustain it. it yeah 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 no right. whereas steve steve interviews generally going to be more interesting like gervais would kind of say the same but just not have the humor yeah. like he'll do the laugh but it just feels do you know what i mean it feels yeah like yeah, yeah he he's diversified he stretches yeah, so wings steve has yeah steve has like really because um, the grinder killer that's really that's a hard role you know yeah someone has done serious acting and he did but, it well. You know, you could say he's kind of made for it. I mean, just look, look at him. <laughs> <laughs> he, he would know that. Like, he would be the first to admit that. That's the thing. Yeah. Steve, Gervais looks brilliant for his age now. Now, think right. of Gervais then. He do you looks good of air then? <laughs> yeah, I do, actually. I like him. But I've seen him. He does these shots topless. Like, and he's, oh. yeah, he generally, can you imagine not only, obviously, he, he didn't look as, he wasn't as tall, but him even caring or trying to be kind of topless in a good way he would always make the fun of his looks and i think it changed you know he's got a gen he looks good and he obviously works out like that's it's not as simple as that to say well he's not funny but it it kind of does correlate downwards with that it just has to be and and they make the same point on the show i think they joke about it like Hmm. you know you're funnier when you're sort of fat and kind of true it's not that you lose it automatically, but kind of if you, he cares more about that now. So he'd yeah. rather kind of do an interview and look like physically taught and mm. look intellectual than he would to be actually funny and how he can be. It's frustrating. There's a brilliant couple of bits that, um, I, don't, I don't know, did you ever listen or read Bob Mortimer's autobiography? A bit of it. But no, There's a brilliant bit where he talks about presenting that the sort of a uh, boxing show <laughs> that they talk about in the show. You know how oh, oh, he gets that, into well, that's yeah when Ricky show. gets into. Yeah, when Ricky gets into shadow boxing, there's a brilliant little bit where Bob's saying, um, you know, he's trying to help Ricky sort of prepare. And for some reason, someone had pulled out and Bob said, well, I'll fight her then. And <laughs> they jump into the ring and he says, he says, Ricky's a bloody big guy. He says he was so scared about getting, being the shit out of You've got skinny little Bob Mortimer, like back in the early 90s, this is, or late mid-90s. Short as well, he's <laughs> you got fucking okay. but i have to say i'm um, on your note about uh afterlife and you know uh, gervais's subsequent direction there is a fantastic review of um afterlife series three and um this person's done both par series as well um he's called like how 300 uh, on youtube i'll put a link in the description but he did he did this amazing review it was for about an hour and i mean it's complete echo chamber stuff because it's just criticism that you agree with but he's very pointed and his observations are are very sharp and he just gives a critique of the afterlife um series three but very very funny as well and uh really well edited that's really good because we kind of criticize it but we haven't seen it all you this know, is much, much better. Anyway, um, let's do oh, yeah, yeah. this email. But, but I, I want to see that. Is it, I assume I'll he, send you a fair. link, my friend. Yeah, I think, I think he's fair. 
definitely because be, he does a lot of comparisons better. with he does to sort of compare it to other other comedies and um you know these That's are people right. who want to like the stuff they're trying their best Gervais just isn't making easy anyway luke wraps up his his email by saying perhaps to veil the poverty of his material Gervais is trying to rebrand himself as an edgy stand-up who doesn't care if he offends you but he stops being but he stopped being edgy years ago on the contrary he's become terribly predictable the moment he starts talking about trans people for example Example, you know exactly what the punchline will be. Ironically, the thing that offends me most is how bad his work has become. Afterlife is the worst thing he's done. It takes place in a sickly sentimental universe where the bereaved chat with gravestones and terminal cancer patients somehow have the energy to record hundreds of hours of banal life advice and secret to advise such childlessness as something profound is just insulting. And then you start to wonder, had Steve never met Ricky? I think he'd still have become a successful screenwriter and maybe an actor too. Has Carl never met Ricky? I think he'd still become a successful radio producer and maybe on-air personality too. But what would Gervais have found success were it not for his fortunate crossing of paths with the two of them? I'm no longer sure of the answer to that question and in his heart of hearts, I don't think he is either. Is there any lemonade? He wraps up by saying that is such a brilliant Brilliant. email so well constructed really interesting talking points if i interrupt a lot if during your email that's a good sign because i'm kind of like (laughs) yeah what do you make of that that he's not i wouldn't say gervais doesn't care about being offensive it's part of the he's trying to do like he's deliberately doing it and you can do that with good but be funny and parts of um, his stand-up what was the one we reviewed it, it wasn't rubbish but yeah it's not just that now he doesn't care who he offends he he deliberately it's for offence he wants to be with that crowd and part of that is I think to protect himself because he knows all this stuff from the XFM shows out there but now by now it doesn't matter if he got it came like loads of people we, I don't know people reported on it and like you know beyond us you know heard it and thought oh it's terrible he doesn't that's fine he's he's insulated himself because he's got an audience that are clearly to the right sort of are not yeah in gateway so they're not they wouldn't leave I'm more offended about yeah, it's offensive, but just his C word. If you throw that in just for, for a laugh because of the word, and he does. I've I've seen like there's a scene in Afterlife, I think, where there there's a boy and he uses yeah, which the C word as well. <laughs> like that's the word. Yeah, it's it's he was the last person who you'd think would do that. You think right at the office, and yeah, he was lucky that Steve came along. But I don't think I think he's did do a lot of the. There's a lot of the talent. It wasn't just Steve. Like Steve, we know, probably put in the emotional pull because I haven't seen Gervais do it since. But I disagree that Carl would have been a radio personality completely through his choice, not because he's not, you know, able. I just, I can't see it happening. I know it just, uh, I, yeah, I think he would happily, he'd be happy sort of in his little room. He'd already made it to the top. He was only about 28, like his head of production. Maybe he would have been on a bigger radio bbc or something but there's no way carl would have he would talk on it with other presenters but no it was because of gervais no it's still carl's talent but it only would have happened in that exact kind of dynamic of the three of them coming together and you know that's why i wouldn't want it now i'm not interested because it's just it, it was the whole point was you know it was new and unpanned and fresh and cars i would do that i'd enjoy my money you know but he's not bothered we have asked him a couple of times more times to do this to do an interview but that's like fine he, he he's never shown any sort of ambition and i think it's ambitious to have done his own sort of little sort of sitcom you know where steve's done loads of films and stuff they've all done well and yeah. ricky somehow the audience ridiculously high and I don't people I know who I thought good senses of humor they love it but it hits all the it's like if you wrote a manual to be like you know yeah an emotional comment like he never that the office would never have come from a manual this is like just a little bit like the tracking shots they have behind the bench but that's a very good point that like there's no distinguishable delineation between each episode they are literally carbon copies of of one another and there's no variation at all they are literally designed and mechanically like emotionally mechanically designed to make you feel things at certain points it just feels manipulative it feels 
so cynical yeah. and contrived and i i just i think he's better than that and it's a shame you know we see it off other people and you know i i've seen that brendan O'Carra, like he on a panel show he was actually funny like he's a funny guy but it's like ricky's in reverse he he knows better like he knows better but he also knows what makes money and what's what a lot of yeah. people what's sort of simple thing you know people rather stupid. than writing huh people are stupid like superhand says you know people voted for them people like coldplay and voted for the nazis you can't trust people jazz yeah no it is true because the you know he biggest sort of comedy on netflix which is huge i I saw an interview just i wasn't looking for one it just came across about three or four years ago and he was outside this huge i mean it was like what's the hampton court palace it was so big and he was like yeah this this is what netflix built like this came just from netflix that was only after one series so he doesn't need to do that because he turned down adverts it's not greedy but he's like he wants that sort of sort of mass market audience where i'm not saying they're not clever but they're not people who don't want to try you know they just want to you know they want to be sharing a gravestone when they're sad or have a joke that's really that he's done you know that is old but my point is there if you want that stuff if you want that I don't know that look on life or there are better shows available. I recently watched, you know, big boys on channel four, a show that talks about mental health, talks about sexuality, talks about, you know, loneliness and, you know, navigating your, your, your twenties. And it, it touches on all of the similar issues that afterlife does grief, etc. And it does it in such a better way. And I bet the, how many people watch that compared to afterlife is just a fraction. And you're like, these people are new and emerging, exciting writers that are being overshadowed by Gervais, who was once a brilliant talent. I'll give him that because he was, and he's still a big hero of mine, but I think he's got to sort of, I don't know, make way a bit because <laughs> there are better people yeah. out there. It's not make way. Just he's, he, it doesn't need to make way. He just needs to make something that's kind of clever. And the way he kind of sidelines Steve and just never talks about him in interviews is telling. You know, I think it's sort of he doesn't feel he needs to because he did life, the Brent thing. Yeah, yeah. Steve wasn't, you know, he didn't involve Steve and he thought he could do it. And he can write he, the songs are fantastic. You know, those yeah, little pieces, they're funny. But the but as a as a film, it was you know I, the bit I watched it was just not. It, it was deaf it lacked steve but he didn't think that he obviously thought it doesn't yeah. lack steve I, I can do it on my own and that's kind of you know his attitude but i i think he's a funny guy and yeah that show that you watch i haven't watched it but it yeah, and you probably won't one twentieth no i will, I will. I've, I've got about 28 shows that you've recommended <laughs> me. but no but i'm sure you know it has an audience clearly but in some ways he's earned it he, because of the office was so good He's not doing it for money. I think it's just for to get the numbers up and sort of. Yeah, for sure. Like I mean, you go on his Twitter. It's it's like most streamed comedy, still overplayed, best they, fans in the world. Like yeah, and they, they are. Their fans are so like dedicated. Tribal, they won't hear anything tribal. about it. But I don't understand because we would, you know, I would have been. But I judge things on their merits. Before you were so, going to you know, say, "Detroit's fans are mental." Detroit's well, I'm not. You know, there's no fans apparently. <laughs> just listeners. It's almost like I think he wants those fans to kind of because of the tweets he puts out about. Well, I think, but I think that's a reflection of just like modern culture, for instance, because you you kind of are that that is sort of the social currency that we're working on now. It's you know Twitter followers and likes and watches, and after a while. It is addictive. You get hit that sort of dopamine hit, but I think it can be obsessive. Three it can be a t- it can, well, it can be addictive as well. And I think he's got caught in that. You know, I I get addicted to Twitter. I think there's a number of people who listen to this show who'll be addicted to endless scrolling on on Instagram or whatever because it is. It's 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 a fun little leisurely thing to do, but you will get sucked into that wormhole. And if you are already you know pretty famous, I think. And you've got that ego. Yeah. I think it's going to enable you even more. Do you think though that kind of because you know the lower level most people are, but you just don't. You see all the bigger accounts by nature of the fact that they they are their tweets go further. But would he care that much about numbers for the sake of numbers? I, yeah. I think he cares about getting the right. He, he's looking for a kind of. He's not right wing in many ways in how he expresses it. He knows he's he wants to pick up an anti PC brigade, and and there's some merit. It's not totally ridiculous for a lot but it's he goes to one extreme with it and i think he wants to pick up 
he's not really bothered about numbers because what is he at about 13 or 14 million? Maybe it is addictive. Like for him to get 20,000 followers in a day, maybe that's the equivalent of us getting, you know, one Gary, or two. He could, he could tweet, he could tweet an emoji of, of a fucking dolphin I, and rack up about yeah, millions I, and millions of likes. No, they do, but he's. But I've seen him get, you know, much less, probably twenty thousand. I mean, I was not comparing to figures of any lower, lower accounts, but he doesn't always get likes. He, he, it tends to be the ones about that are a little, little bit political. Just, he just enough politics in certain interviews. And well, they just, come just, like less. But um, without, oh, hey. he's got claws. He he always keeps plausible deniability, and I do believe that it's real that he doesn't. He's not right wing, and he's expressed you know views that clearly aren't. But he definitely stokes that little fire, and he knows that's where yeah. the money is. That's where the audience are. There's far more audience on the right now. Two thousand and eight, yeah. totally different. It was the left online. The the right were nothing. They were they had no presence. Now I've seen people switch from left to right to make money, and and you know we've asked him on the show, but Russell Branch, you know, totally. I see that as more cynical than Ricky. Like Ricky, at least kind of isn't. He just hasn't been as like blatantly just um totally unethical i've totally lost respect for russell brandon brussel if you're listening uh get in touch because we'd love to interview you. Um, but no i think but ricky leaves plausible deniability all the time because he legit he doesn't feed into every right-wing uh sort of trope but he absolutely wants that audience and yeah. partly maybe to insulate him as i say so but because he did the office okay I, I'll, I'll even allow him, and I do allow him, but I could fairly critique his work. But as you know, Mark, we do that. Absolutely. Even this, we will lose. Like someone will email and say, well, you, you know, you can't you can touch him. Do you know what? We haven't done this show for a long time. I've forgotten how long and rambly your rants can be. <laughs> he thinks it's Mark Kermode, ladies and gentlemen. Every word, mate. I'll be in. I'll keep it in. Anyway, guys. I've got one more little correspondence and then I think we'll call it a day. <laughs> this is from Kevin. And we I've it's been very No, me too, man. Let's let's just um yeah. but let's finish it. <laughs> this one's from Kevin. Hey guys, my name is Kevin. I'm in uh, and I've got to uh, run up and jump to this one. I'm in Guelph. And he said right. pronounced Guelph. G W E L F. Okay. That is correct, isn't it? My main worry that he was going to be in Pakistan or India or something, and you were going <laughs> to like it. I was going to say Guelph or Guelph, but I think it is Guelph. Yeah, I, I don't know. Right. If this makes it on to XFM in the community, which it has, he is from Ontario, Canada. I'm a huge He's fan. About five years older than when he sent it. Like, <laughs> yeah, probably since our show's gone up. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Ricky Gervais XFM shows. I began listening to these shows back. Back in 2013, I was spitting for my fiance at the time and these shows helped me tremendously. I would pop them on and all the BS in my life would float away. It's amazing how free goofballs on a Tim Pop radio show that many years ago can still be so impactful. I stumbled on your podcast as it was recommended on Spotify whilst I was re-listening. Yeah, there you go, mate. They were really listening to the XFM shows. You guys do such a great job. I love to oh, listen to the show you're writing your love letter on. Then listen to your podcast. The commentary is great. The insight is spot on. And I really enjoy your favourite quotes. I generally have many of the same lines as my favourites. I just wanted to reach out to say thanks for doing these shows. I'm a big fan. So oh, thank you so much, Kevin. That is, that is brilliant. I'm yeah. so glad we get new listeners every single day because i don't know how people find this show <laughs> it's always yeah, amazing that, that's to me. people who said this but but that will be the only one we're not going to come on anything else except the xfm show but <laughs> no, Kevin, funny months because we were we both went through big breakups on in that year in, i don't know if you remember i think it was that year, the year bloody before. true like, actually really and it was like you know they were kind of longish ter- longish terms but we weren't engaged it's funny that was that time. Well, I I do always find it quite enjoyable that um our relationship was founded on mutual dissatisfaction in long term yeah. relationships. It's terrible, like you know. But we've moved on long since then. Well, I'm, yeah. we're, I'm in a happy relationship. To... Gary's single. No, no, I'm, I'm happy single. Oh, yeah. The reason my bed squeaks, which you might have heard earlier, is not because of 
dual usage. It's just, you know, it seems that way. No, it's a little bit. About three years. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's kind of, but, I, you know, it, we were both like, they were unhappy. You know, they I remember. Were unhappy times, and, but and we didn't also... bond just over that. We bonded over the office and other things. Of course. Just, and we that, also had that, a lot of fun as well. Yeah, Kevin, why didn't you get in touch? You know, we, we could have done a trio sort of thing. <laughs> a menage a trois. He could have interrupted me on my. Well, um, Gary, I'm going to wrap things up because oh, I am bored of talking to you, my friend. Oh, I've, I've done, I've done all right. I, uh, I, I'm hey. But like, tramadol really helps. So I think I can do this probably next week. <laughs> but no, I, I but it's Good. yeah. Can I any sympathy for me? Who do I? No, I don't, anyone else. Well, you could, or listeners. We'll wait till the email's coming next week. week. I've just been through a lot, you know. I'm really... No, you have, though. I know, I, 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 you have. Yeah, it's, I was, I'm joking. I like to joke because it's self-deprecating, of course. But you know, I'm okay. It's, kind of, it's just, it's hard to talk. But actually, yeah. I think I've talked a lot. So whatever, you can say that, Gary, but I'm missing one testicle, so whatever. I don't know. It's like it's, it's kind of. Do you have a? Is Ricky like Ricky's genuinely legit? I'm sure cause people who wouldn't do that to go to the yeah. doctor. So would you? you I mean, because that would be. I, I'm just. Well, you know, look, look, we've been waffling on for ages, but I will say this as as some parting advice, and God knows I'm not the person to give it. But no, it, since this is a recent experience and quite yeah. new to me and a little bit scary, quite you've frankly, done really well. Mate, Thanks, but um, no, I would honestly, if you, if you're a guy and you're listening to this and you are worried or you're sort of you don't check normally, do definitely check because it's quite common in, in younger gentlemen, as as I learned from my sort of wider reading, yeah. and um, and people don't get it seen, and I I honestly lived in my little bubble. I thought everyone analyzed themselves and inspected themselves but they don't do it they just they just let it and people are scared of going to the doctor still and people are you know afraid of wasting nhs time and people just just let these things fester and go on and there's a lot of reasons why for that people are scared of you know taking time off work or they don't think it's a problem or they think it's showing weakness and i i just I just don't think it is. I think it's a load of old nonsense and people just really need to look after themselves. Your health is the most... Ricky says one of the most important things where he says charity... It's not, you know, it's not fair. So you could, you can change the little things you do in your world. You know, so being money, you can always make money, but your health is so important. If you lose that, it's the first thing to go. And, you know, I'll, I'm going to be okay. I've got to have, the, you know, a short course of chemo or whatever, and I, but I'll be okay. But it's um, you got it early, didn't you? That's, yeah, that's how, you know, you know, and it's important. You're checking, I know how much you check. exactly. So, and but, um, I mean, every day, possibly every week, I've heard is good because you can notice more if you're if you're checking every day. It's hard to notice very slight difference. Yeah, but it's it's the same for you know women like um and yeah. you know I was watching some a Hannah Fry documentary which talked about cervical cancer. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, men and women don't get you know private areas seen. People just put off these things. They put off these um you know inspections, and uh, it can be intrusive and it's uncomfortable. And also, yeah. people are a bit. Let's be honest, people are sometimes a bit lazy. And anyway, my advice is yeah, go get yourself checked out because your health is very important. And you never know, you never know what's going on beneath your skin because your body's so complicated. And I've always been scared of like the C bomb, and um. Yeah. And when you, and when it does happen, yeah, it's yeah. But it's, I think I think it'll be alright. And you know, you've been great, man, and well, um, you know, very do, supportive. And yeah, we because I, you know, but we've we've kind of spoke less than we normally would in a time where we kind of would more so. But yeah, he's done. He, yeah, he's done really well. Like you know, you don't have to. It's not like you know, test. But no, but it's true. Did it really well. Just get it seen because the worst that you know it, it, it's going to be okay. You know, even if you get it removed, and usually it won't be, it won't be that. But sometimes, sometimes it will. And you, it's the most survivable. And yeah, women with the cervical, they have the yearly things. I think all. Yeah, and that's partly because of Joe Goody. Like they changed the age on that, and it did. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. I remember. I just you added your little bit. To, you know, more. You might get one person check, even maybe that didn't. You did well. You spoke it well. Yeah, I like it. I didn't. You didn't plan that. I just asked you. 
Cheers. <laughs> no, yeah, well, what, what are we doing next? Um, what are we doing next, next, FM? Uh, Let's bring it back yeah, up again. Like, um, heart attack and stuff. <laughs> well, well, earlier this year, I just had uh, like a, a, an overall check, and they did a little thing and comes Finger up and showed me on the screen a little, and I was just slightly overweight, but. Basically, they said, okay, we've calculated your risk of a heart attack over the next 10 years, and it's 3%. Okay, I don't know what that, fine. That seems about all right. I don't know if that's good. She said it could be better. (laughs) Seems about right. It was totally not a medical problem. It was just that, you know, they checked it yearly. And, yeah, I thought, but she's just, the the little man balloons out slightly. (laughs) About two kilos. (laughs) Anyway, oh, you'll be all right. I'm just going to speak now for about 45 minutes on uh, the Dunkirk <laughs> uh, landings and the politics behind it. Well, let's not do that. Um, hey, so I think when we last convened, uh, we were up to series we did four, three. episode two. So we'll be doing episode three next time we do an episode. We've got Edinburgh next week. I'm definitely going. Gary's TBC because oh, I know well, you've got yeah, a lot going on. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I can't leave but it. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. But Edinburgh kind of is where we'll do some shows in Edinburgh if we go. And if we don't, yeah. we'll do shows on either side. Exactly. It's all good, free and easy. Put the link in of the, what we're doing in September to buy tickets because he keeps Yes. Yeah, you know, I definitely do that. Anyway, um, cheers, guys. Thank you for listening. Also, do head over to Patreon to support us or buy us a coffee at Kofi, and I'll put all of the links into the description. Please continue to like, support, rate, subscribe, and all that other nonsense. Join us on Twitter. That's spinnerspodcast at gmail.com. And tweet at, and, and, and email us. Spinnerspodcast at gmail.com. Get in touch all the noise and you can be featured on xfm in the community to a really small pool of listeners but it's still quite nice and it's nice yeah. to know you're not alone well yeah i'm i'm <laughs> a, yeah, no, you got eight quid i didn't i'm sort of like <laughs> still thinking about the eight quid so, all right cheers has, guys. has anyone done the kofi anyone apart from the one person we've, we've had a few people Probably yeah but yeah, we yeah, could do with more right there's yeah. always more if um, you want to buy us a drink for edinburgh that'd be nice we want six figures a month. <laughs> Cheers, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. See you soon. Bye. Bye.